Welcome to the I Believe Podcast, an Acure Insight production, brought to you by Castle Biosciences. I'm your host, Danae Peterson, a fellow ocular melanoma survivor. Here on the podcast, we'll be sharing information and insights on treatments, research, and living with ocular melanoma. Castle Biosciences is a proud sponsor of this I Believe podcast. Castle Biosciences tests are designed to provide clinicians precise and personalized tumor information for the benefit of patient care. If you would like more information about how Castle is transforming the treatment of eye cancer, visit castletestinfo.com. Hi, Omis. Registration is now open for our first back-in-person event since the pandemic. The 2022 I Believe Survivorship Seminar will take place this year in Nashville, Tennessee. Join Akira Insight along with Dr. David Reichstein, Tennessee Retina, top physicians and experts for two days of workshops and educational sessions chock full of info and tools to help you survive and thrive with an ocular melanoma diagnosis. Of course, we'll mix in a bit of Nashville-style fun along the way. For those attending in person, we hope to see you at our welcome reception the evening of October 13th, so please plan your travel accordingly. You can reserve your hotel room using the link provided at the time of registration, or you can book your own preferred nearby favorite hotel. If you're unable to attend in person during the registration, simply select attend from home as your option. If you plan to attend in person or online, please register as soon as possible using the link in the show notes or head to tinyurl.com slash I believe 2022. And that's I spelled E-Y-E. After you register, again, just be sure to finalize your travel plans and reserve your room at a hotel there or nearby. Please email contact at acureinsight.org with any registration questions. Share the news with your fellow Omis. We can't wait to finally see you again. Thank you guys for joining us here on the I Believe podcast. Um, I am here with Ron Cribb, who's from Auckland, New Zealand, and he was actually diagnosed with iris melanoma in September 2021. And we actually connected, I think on, was it on TikTok first? Yeah, I think it was TikTok. You like found a video and you messaged me or I messaged you and it was just crazy, but you sent me the pictures of your iris prosthetic and I was just like blown away. I've never seen that before. Um, I mean, of course, most of us have never seen anything like all of the stuff that we're dealing with with this cancer. But um, Ron, do you want to go ahead and just tell us a little about yourself? Yep. Uh, well, yeah, I live in Auckland in New Zealand. I'm 48 years old and uh, I'm an operations manager for a transport company, delivering goods all over the country. Just a, just a normal bloke, live with my wife and four daughters. Probably a typical male. I don't awesome. don't uh, go to the doctor as often as I should do, but um, that's how we find out these things. All right. So talk to us, I guess, a little bit about like what led to your diagnosis in September of last year. Yeah. So I thought that I had uh, good eyesight or normal eyesight or, or good enough eyesight anyway for for all of the day to day things that I needed to do, but um, I found myself just um, borrowing people's glasses to like um, watch the sports on TV or something like that. And, and uh, you know, so then when you do borrow the glasses and, and you look at them and it's, it's kind of like going from a black and white TV to a color TV sort of thing. So you, you think, oh, well, that's amazing. And, and then I guess the family started encouraging me to to go and see an optometrist. And, I, and of course, I was reluctant. And it wasn't until we were right outside the shop that, 
I sort of decided, like, let's let's go in and just see what they say. I'm sure, sure my eyes are fine. I'm sure it's just, you know, something like that. And, and that was like just in a mall sort of thing, mall situation. But when I did go in there, it took a long time for them to um, analyse my eyes, analyse my sight, whatever. And um, it came to a point where he just said, your next stop's going to be hospital. Not you don't even need to worry about glasses. You got you got a what he called a lesion, a freckle, a discoloration in my eye actually that um, he wasn't happy with, and he didn't really give me much details. But um, well, the next day was a uh, the COVID thing hit New Zealand, and uh, we all went into the the big lockdown. And nobody was going out and nothing was happening. But um, somehow the hospital had gotten a hold of all of my details and suggested that it was something that was fairly serious and that, um, yeah, so pretty much they opened up the hospital for me and I went in there and um, they had a look at it and then they just said, that's just something that has to come out which is a little bit confusing to me because I've seen a lot of other people's cases that um, that's not necessarily the way that they deal with it in other countries or, or you know, any, anywhere else really. That, and I don't, but I don't know of anyone else with the same situation. Yeah, because yours was specifically on the iris. So the for anyone listening who's not familiar with the color parts of the eye, but that's the colored part of your eye. Um, so the iris is on the front. Um, so you're you're basically saying it was like a freckle on that colored part of your eye. Yeah. So see, I got blue eyes, but probably an entire quarter or more of my blue of the eye um, turned brown, and I wasn't really sure how long it had been like that for. But my doctor, the ophthalmologist at the hospital, that's the way that we do it here, um, he actually said, have you got any good photos, good quality photos from the last 10, 15 years sort of thing? And we found some photos that were good enough quality and they used the photos to determine the age of it. And so obviously that threw a lot of concern into the situation because it wasn't there when I was 20, 25 sort of 30 and, and it has sort of come along sometime after that in that time frame so like, I hear a lot of people saying that they had to go back to the doctor again and, and that they would measure it later and things like that which concerns me that things can get out of control you know before you would, would expect it and, and maybe it's already out of control but doctors erring on the side of caution or for whatever reason they they seem to make people wait yeah, and it's it's tricky, I think, too, just because, you know, when they're when they're monitoring something that looks like a freckle, if they don't have the training or if they don't have the, the research background to understand, you know, specifically what is going on here um, and why are we monitoring it to begin with, then then yeah, I think that sometimes, you know, we've we've had cases, way too many cases across the world of people who have, you know, waited for too long and it got to a point that their doctor, you know, kind of watched it for far too long to, you know, to the point that it, it got too aggressive too fast. Um, so I guess what I'm hearing you say is that with your doctor, he was, he was pretty, 
straightforward about like, hey, we, we have to take this out. Like we can't we can't leave this untreated. We need to treat it now. Yeah, there was there was no uh, ifs or buts or, or um, not even talking about it. Uh, he seemed to be in in a in a hurry to say this is this is what needs to be done, and there was no other options. Maybe we should do this. Maybe we should do that. It was uh, we're going to cut this out. What's what's yeah. kind of so? What out. was your I mean, like your initial yeah your initial reaction to him hearing or him telling you you know we need to cut a tiny section of your eyeball like off and replace it. Yeah, he, he's actually, he's, he's a man is from Oman. So he had a little bit of an accent that I had never heard the accent before. And, and I was trying to work out if it was the accent or, or I missed what he said or I misinterpreted uh, what he said. And uh, I had to roll it over and over in my mind, you know, multiple times. And I just sort of asked him the question, repeated it back to him and said, are you sure? You mean cut it? The eye? That's um, not something I've ever heard of before, and I don't know how you can live with a hole in your eye. But um, the, yeah, the more I repeated it to him, the more he just repeated it back to me and and said, "Yeah, it, it's straightforward. It's it's not a problem. I can. <laughs> this is what we need to do. Yeah, I can do it. Uh, you know. Well, okay, that's crazy. crazy. Okay, so you had the tumor was in the iris and they were able to basically like cut off that section of your iris and and like did they did they explain like how did they know that they had excised or cut off like the entire tumor like did they do any other scans to like check and make sure um like kind of what did they do leading up to this procedure for you to to verify that it hadn't spread somewhere else yeah the whole thing obviously happened really fast we're talking about a couple of weeks sort of thing you know from the first initial seeing them and, and getting into hospital in the meantime, all in the same building, um, they ran tests for my liver, scans and uh, blood tests and all that sort of thing. And so then all of a sudden, I'm, I'm having an operation, we're going in, we're going in to have the operation sort of thing. And he was happy that nothing had spread to the liver. And the, the lesion in the iris, it was definitely on the iris, but it also went quite deep into my eye too so he had sort of also told me that it's kind of like the biggest one that they've seen and a lot of people have a freckle somewhere and you can't actually see it with the naked eye but you know you could see at least an entire quarter of my eye discolored and, we, and when we knew what it was you could you knew what it was sort of thing obviously prior to that we just I just thought I was special I've got a half a brown eye and of a blue eye sort of thing but but yeah I was more concerned about the procedure because I'm imagining a knife and I'm, I'm imagining a big knife or, or something that's bigger than my eye bigger than the actual iris but but then he kind of explained to me that it's kind of the size of a needle and it had a little like an earth moving equipment where it could bite it and then I could see from another photo where when he took the bites out of it, it's kind of like a flower shape, petals, so there were tiny, tiny little bites, and somehow, I've got to get my head around the rest of it, but, you know, he took all the little bits out, and he assured yeah. me that he could get maybe... Well, that's, it's, it's like a, I mean, it's medically, it's insane, like, that they're able to do something like that, but I'm glad they were able to. Okay, so you have this procedure, and it, you know, removed the tumor completely, you said it went pretty deep down in your eye. Um, so afterwards, how long, you know, how long 
did you have for the healing process before you were able to get this iris prosthetic that you have? Yeah, so that's in uh, late September. So so here in New Zealand, that was that was going on spring, and so when I woke up, obviously I had this hole in, in my eye, which the hole was no longer the problem. The problem was that my iris doesn't work, so all light would would go into the side of my eye and go into my eye whereas normally with with my other eye you know it will filter light so I was so extremely sensitive to light it was you know kind of painful for certainly the first you know few weeks with, with all the multitude of eye drops that you, you need to use and I had a lot of problems with the pressure which is something that um, I need to get my head around as well the the idea of pressure being inside my eye like I'm thinking hydraulics and, and things like that but um, yes I still don't really know how it works but obviously there's pressure in your eye and and I kept on having numbers that they said oh it could go up to 50 and my numbers were over 50 sort of thing and thanks to our friend Google it says if you if you had that for more than twenty four hours you would you would be blind sort of thing. So obviously I can see the concern with it, and I had a few a few instances and in, you know in the follow up the preceding the afterwards time sort of thing that that happened to me. So I needed to have yeah. So the pressure just escalated, and did they have to like treat the pressure? Yeah, and so they had to relieve the pressure in, uh, mm, in that squeamish okay. way that you can imagine. But but I, I didn't have I didn't really have pain. It's not the sort of it's not the sort of thing that um, no that's deal with, that's good. Deal with eye drops and stuff takes away most of the pain. It's more the thought, the squeamish thoughts that around it that that is the yeah. that is the worst thing for sure. So um, now, like you mentioned, that because of the iris not working properly, like that causes a lot of sensitivity to light. Um, so after kind of these these uh, follow up appointments and things that were happening with the pressure in your eye. Um, are you still able to see at this point out of that eye, or like what is your vision like today? Yeah, no, well, I, I have lost lost vision, and then you could say maybe twenty percent, and uh, I'm still going back for my follow up sort of sort of stuff. It's still it's still ongoing now, and um, that's just, that's the kind of thing I'm looking forward to now. The the final results and and that everything is finally clear and, and all that sort of thing. But um, yes, I just had an awful summer. Uh, with all the curtains closed the whole time just just to filter out the light I, I worked from home and um you say it was, it was a very long summer stuck inside sort of thing um it took me a little while straight afterwards maybe a week or two to to handle movement around me anything that went past me seemed to be a blur sort of thing and i wasn't sort of keeping up with with what was happening my own self was fine, but anything that moved around me, because it seemed to move faster than normal, just made me made me dizzy. So, yeah, just very disorienting. Yes, yeah, so disorienting, which is just kind of weird. It's not not a painful thing or anything, but it's extremely weird. I kind of got used to that after a week or two, you know, being inside the house. But when I tried to venture outside the house, are we frozen? Oh, you got mm, your I back. You got fine. your back. Sorry, froze for a second. The adventure outside the house traffic going past me was was a blur, and so then of course you you're worried about crossing the road and 
and things like that because your senses don't seem to be working properly. The, the attrition of receiving the information to your brain is, is sort of out of whack sort of thing. Yeah. So that's just taken, I mean, it's been, I don't even know how many, how many months it's been specifically, but I guess it's been, you're coming up on a year from your diagnosis. Um, so would you say that you've gotten more used to it now, or do you still feel like it's pretty, you know, pretty sporadic that sometimes you're still adjusting to just how it feels to see the way that you see now? Yeah, I'm not sure if tiredness sets in later on in the day or something like that, but I, or, or that I've tried to look at a computer screen uh, for too long, things like that. Um, I've also got a new lens in my eye as well, so they put a plus 25 magnification lens into my eye and did cataracts all at the same time sort of thing. And, um, yeah, so it's getting used to that. So it, yeah, definitely getting used to all of that. Um, so I guess what, what would you say are maybe the top two or three things that you've learned through this experience that you would want to like kind of pass on to maybe somebody else who either hasn't gotten their eyes checked or who's had changes happen or just is dealing with this kind of a thing on a similar basis, um, maybe in a similar life phase as you. Um, yeah. Like what would you, what would you want to pass on as like Ooh. maybe some wisdom or some advice? Ooh. Don't be like me. <laughs> <laughs> you, should, you know, the, the, the going and getting things looked at, whether it's your eyes or anything else, uh, some, especially us blokes in the man cave, we uh, overlook these things or put them off you know too often and there really is something happening and and I was super lucky you know to find out what was happening in good time sort of thing and um yeah of course just need to look after yourself yeah um for people so um I guess yeah go ahead going through going through any any of these types of things I'd like to say that I'm, I didn't you know suffer suffer terribly in in a bad way or anything like that of course you know i stayed positive but um wasn't wasn't a painful experience even if i tell my neighbor he gets a bit squeamish and he he doesn't really want to hear all the details of it but i you know i i'm quite confident having been through through all of this it was quite a oh my lucky experience at least but I, but i hope that people aren't sort of over worrying themselves with so I could have done quite easily, but I think with the, with the speed of the way it worked, I was confident the whole time. Almost enjoyed the time off work. All that all that recuperation was. Well, I mean, I feel like that's fortunate in the sense that you know, if you're going to have a type of melanoma or a type of procedure like that, this one you know could could end up being maybe a lesser of the extremes. Um, as far as recovery goes and things like that. And obviously you've, you know, had lots to get used to and adjust to, but, and uh, so I don't want to like, you know, invalidate that experience because that still is very valid. Um, so your tumor was completely taken out. Uh, and we talked a little bit before we got, before we got on here about um, the biopsy. So were you able to have a biopsy done? And if so, do you know like how those results came about or like where did they send it for testing? No, I don't know too much because as I said, we were we were in a lockdown at the time and um, yeah, the extremely short staffed. And so this, I basically just spoke to a surgeon uh, that I called my doctor, but he was basically just the surgeon and he just gave me the, the facts that were there. And he's, he's always telling me he's going to update me, he's going to update me sort of thing. And 
it's it's still a little bit of work in progress. I'm I'm back there on Monday for final results and, and that sort of thing to make sure. Okay. That's awesome. Well, I mean, definitely keep me posted on that. Um, hopefully, I hope that I hope that the results of it are still you know good results. Um, I know you said that your like liver scans and everything so far had been clean. Um, so hopefully it stays that way for you. Um, so do you have you had regular scans to this point or have they kind of been sporadic? You know, maybe, like I guess I'm I'm curious if you go for scans, you went at the beginning in September. So then do you have them every three, six months, once a year? What does it look like I actually so far? I actually haven't had any more scans. And it's always like when we put the prosthetic iris in, they assumed that there was still some stuff in there that needed to be removed and that they would try to take it out at the same time as as they did the second procedure. And then um, they're just so confident that the way that they take it out, they must remove everything. And then they said that they thought it looked good at the time and I'll find out Monday, Tuesday, the, those final results. Yeah, well, hopefully they get to the, get to those results because I can't even like that, that kind of delay would be crazy. Um, let's see, are you back? Yeah, sorry. Or did I freeze? <laughs> That's okay. Um, so how has this affected like, you know, just things in your family life? Um, and like just in your relationships, like with your daughters, like do you feel like do you feel like you look at life any differently now than you used to? You know, I definitely look at things a lot differently. I'm just uh, I'm not sweating the small stuff anymore. I'm just getting on with it. My kids looked after me, you know, to the max. Shout out to them. They looked after me the whole time. The eye drops and that was you know a real nightmare to start with, and they had turns and took shifts and. And made sure that I took all the eye drops and everything, and I guess that will be um, long term beneficial to me. But uh, yeah, and I love them even more than I could possibly love them before. So yeah, yeah. just well, positive. That's awesome. positive. They sound like a good group of girls. Yeah, definitely, they sound yeah. like an awesome group of people. Yeah. Good humans. I'm real happy. Okay, so um, Ron, I guess just to conclude, um, is there anything that you feel like you want to share? just overall or um, just to kind of like end and talk about where you are right now and where you hope to see life go, like your future goals or things like has anything changed um, and what you hope to like kind of see out of your life? Yeah, well, I just want to see everything that I that I could see before and, and just carry on as normal, really. I'm, I'm quite happy with life, work, family. I'm very happy with that. Yeah, well, I do I want to say great. that this, this technology, this prosthetic iris, it came from Germany. And I had to wait for it for a little while. That that was the main thing for the time span. But when I did get it, I'm, I'm amazed at the technology and, and so how it works and how they put it in and all that sort of thing. And the reason why I probably found you on social media was because I'm really, really trying to find other people who have had this procedure or, or in this style that, that that was the only option to do it. And that... Um, yeah, I still seem I see still seem to be looking for those people with yeah the same. So like just the same, like an iris melanoma that, yeah, the way that then also has an iris prosthetic. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't well, that's, it's a very unique out. type. Mm. Yeah, and I, I okay, don't know if that's well, a New I mean, Zealand I thing or what. Yeah, yeah well, I I doubt that it's just New Zealand, but let's hope that we can get you in touch with some people who 
um, have also experienced this. So if you are someone who's listening and you know someone who's had an iris melanoma like Ron, um, put them in touch with him. He's over in the man cave on Facebook. Um, he's also on um, Instagram and Facebook. So you can just, you can find him, Ron Cribb, um, or you can just reach out to us and I'll make sure to connect you with him. But um, Ron, thank you so much for taking the time to just tell us your story briefly. And just, we're glad that everything is going well so far. Um, and hopefully uh, as you go through the future, you know, next few months, as you figure out your biopsy results and um, just kind of move forward with post-procedure care, like hopefully you have um, just good results and, and get to just keep living the rest of your life. Cause I think it's amazing that you've been able to just weather this in a way that, um, you know, that has allowed you just to like focus on, you know, the here and the now, and just like you said, not sweat the small stuff. Yep. I appreciate your time. And I love telling the story anyway, so it's all good. Well, you did great. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you so much for joining us today on the I Believe podcast, brought to you by Castle Biosciences and produced by Agora Media. Please be sure to subscribe, and if you're so inclined, send this episode over to friends, family, and share on your social media to help spread awareness around OM. If you have a moment, leave us a brief review or consider making a donation to the links in the show notes to keep our podcast going. Feel free to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Acure Insight. We'll see you next time on the I Believe podcast.